The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson, Andre Salveson. Hey, do you, uh, have you tried out those new socks yet? I did last night. They were oofy comfy on my hands. And I'm very grateful to you for doing that. You're not supposed to use them as rags, AJ. They were nice socks meant for you to wear when it's cold and keep you warm. Whoa, whoa. If you would have handed me Jets rag, they would have been toilet paper. If it would have been Dolphins, they would have been dirty toilet rags. If they would have been Ravens, I would have used them as the sink rags. But they're Patriot rags. So I use them as hand warmers while I'm playing Madden. They're socks. But I use them as hand warmers. See, the great thing about being from India is you learn how to utilize anything and everything to your advantage. And I, my hands were cold. I didn't have any gloves next to me. So I had your socks sitting there. I put them on my hands. It's great. Okay. Hey, you know what? They're your socks. Whatever you You're do You're dang them. right. They are my socks. It's totally up to you. Patriots are in some hot water. They don't need hot socks. <laughs> Yeah, that's not good right now. And and the crazy part is, like, even as I was reading, and I've listened to the Wii Radio interview with Bill Belichick, I've listened to his conference call this morning, um, and I've read the statement, and it's still, like, you just look at it and you just shake your head. Like, what the crap are we thinking? Like, even, okay, even if you have no affiliation with that group, like, the owner of the organization and Mr. Kraft should know what they're doing and say, hey, look, this isn't a good idea. Let's wait until we can maybe have a one-on-one interview. You know, maybe we could fly him to Boston. Maybe we could do it in a practice facility on a weekday. Why would they let him go up? And from what I heard, the Browns were okay with this, by the way. Letting him go up or the crew go up and film him in the press box? Like, why would the Browns do that? Why would they say, yeah, I mean, it's the Browns, so it doesn't really surprise me, but why? Why, 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 why? Well, and for those who are like, oh, here's the Patriots. They're cheating again. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I mean, I've heard that phrase a lot. And I can say, screw you guys. (laughs) Okay. I mean, they do have a bit of a reputation of 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 going to the line. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know that they necessarily have crossed the line as much as some people would like to think. But, I mean, why would would the Patriots do this to to a team that's 1 in 12? Bengals. Yeah, out of all the teams. They could send out their second string with Jared Simmons quarterback and still beat the Bengals by 20. Uh, that's how bad Cincinnati is. Uh, they don't need to film anything of the Bengals. And, I mean, look, if it, now if it was the Steelers, if it was the uh, if it was the Ravens especially, if it was the Chiefs, if it was the Cowboys, if it was the Saints, if it was the Rams, the Seahawks, yes, absolutely, understand them. Like, you would have that notion of, wait a minute, things – don't smell right in this situation. So do we instead, with it being the Bengals, maybe just tone it back a bit and not just uh, throw out this horrible accusation that the Patriots are cheating. But again, I I, I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand why Mr. Kraft would even let them go and do that. Because he knows it's a part of the production. He's the owner of the dang organization. Hello. 
Uh, hey, uh, Eric, big announcement uh, just came across. Uh, Ridgeline, who has let go of Travis Van Leeuwen, uh, has, uh, the football coach there, has now just hired their new coach, and it's a local product. Another Travis. Yep. Now there you go. Actually, I and and another Utah State football alum. Yep. And this one was a uh, Mountain Crest quarterback. He set a couple records there, went to Utah State, and was a quarterback for the Aggies from 01 to 04. Travis Cox is the new head football coach. And joining us here on the Full Court Press Live, uh, a, a man who I incredibly expect and have a lot of admiration for, and that's uh, Coach Mike Hanson. I call him Coach because he's the former baseball coach at Logan High and did great things there. Now the athletic director at Ridgeline. Uh, coach, thanks for joining us. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, uh, glad to be there. And uh, I, I listen to you guys often, and uh, I appreciate the service you give to the whole community. So I, 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 I'm glad to be with you. We appreciate it. Hey, first thing first, I think the question a lot of people did want to know is why did uh, you and your administration decide to let go of Travis Van Leeuwen? That's kind of a loaded question, uh, a question that um, there's not a whole lot we can say about that in, in respect to to the coach and to the institution, but we just felt like uh, things needed to go in a, in a different direction, that things um, could maybe be done uh, to improve our football program here, and we just felt it was a necessary move. When you had the opening, uh, then what was the process like for the type of candidates that you looked at, um, and uh, how? Yeah, you, know, you don't need to name names. I don't want you to do that. But like, were there how big of a field of candidates were you looking at and sifting through? So we we had a total of eighteen um, applications come in. Uh, we screened those, and uh, we had a committee of eight comprised of administrators. Um, head coaches. We had three head of our head coaches on the committee and we had uh, a couple community members on it. Um, we screened through 18 and we interviewed seven candidates. Uh, I mean, and again, you don't, you don't want to do names here uh, with those seven candidates Were any of them, former head coaches of other schools. There, there were, um, well, there was one that's a current head coach and I appreciate you not asking names because, uh, Several of those are doing it in, you know, anonymously sure. that we don't want to um, damage anything they have going. Um, we, several of them, a couple were head coaches in other parts, uh, current head coaches. Several of them have uh, been assistants and assistants for, uh, you know, many years. And, uh, yeah, but most of them were all under those two areas. I, I want to ask you. Uh, you know, being a former high school baseball coach, at, you know, at Green Canyon, we lasted for 14 games and we were let go. Uh, how much when you hired Travis Van Leeuwen and then decide to let him go? And I don't know how specific you want to get. If you don't want to answer, that's understandable. But with parents, you know, wanting to make sure their kids are having success or having a, an enjoyable experience and being a part of the program. How much of the decision to let go of him was part of complaints maybe from parents or just and how much of it was thought, you know, we do want to move into a different direction, even though this was Van Leeuwen's first year in the program? Um, absolutely no. Um, influence came from the community and from parents. This was literally an in-house decision based on uh, what we had been monitoring, what we had um, seen and and and. Uh, hundreds of discussions that we have had about the, the direction of the football program. Uh, so you talked about uh, some of the candidates that you had looked at. 
uh, and some of the qualifications some of them had. What was it that that ultimately pushed Travis Cox into that position to be named that uh, next head coach? Um, a lot of things. One of them uh, was his uh, familiarness with these kids, with these athletes. Um, we don't feel like we're um, starting over here. We, uh, especially with Travis reaching out to uh, quite a few of the assistant coaches, we we feel like that um, we've got a good continuation. Many of these kids have, have worked with Travis all the way growing up in the youth and right up until the freshman, even in the freshman program at Ridgeline a couple of years ago. And so we felt there was a, a real uh, familiarity he had with the kids, with the community. We feel like he's got a, a good backing in the community and, and support in that regards. And we loved his plan. Uh, very enthusiastic. Uh, and that that's a key word, the plan. You know, what is the plan? You know, not just, you know, for a month from now, but what is it for you know, 60 days, uh, six months, a year, three years, and we we really attracted to that. Uh, how cool is it for you guys to be able to hire someone that's local? I mean, obviously, Travis Cox is a household name here in the Valleys. He played at Mountain Crest, had four great years there, played at Utah State, and, and was a quarterback there. How much does that attract you guys, him being local and being familiar with the Valley and the community in itself? Uh, it's it's very comfortable. We one of our candidates without a name was from Louisiana, and <laughs> and, and even though we were, you know, we really liked um, in our visit with him, uh, that unknown uh, was also part of our conversations. That that would be a struggle. Um, we think that um, with Travis's longtime status in the valley and all of the uh, contacts and that that he has, that I think it's a uh, he can hit the ground just, you know, just sprinting, just really going quick. When it comes to uh, coaches at the high school level, um, you know, it's, I, I recall when my high school days, uh, we, I had certain classes, and that was the coach of, you know, the tennis team, or that was the coach of the basketball team. But it didn't seem like some coaches I didn't always see in the building. And granted, I wasn't always in every place of the building. What is the requirements when it comes to a high school coach and then being in the in the building or teaching a class, things like that? What are, how does that work at the high school level? The perfect scenario is that every head coach would be in our building, would be a full-time teacher. Um, long ago, back when I started, and probably for my first 15 years, that, was, that seemed to be what the model was, and that we all helped each other coach. That's not the model anymore. Um, it's it in you know interesting you ask that because last night we sat at a a Ridgeline event and and my wife asked me the question how many of your coaches are currently in the school of your head coaches? We went through every program and which is over twenty uh, plus twenty plus and we had four head coaches in our school and that's not a good number. That's not something that you would uh, you know plan to do but that's also what the model is you know I, i've been many years at logan we we had the same thing um it's just really hard now to find teachers last coaches and and it's uh, so it's it's getting harder so it's a lot harder so does that mean that a lot of these uh, coaches whether it be male or female they have other responsibilities outside of school what they do with a job uh, and then how to work that into what 
I guess, what you would want them as an athletic director to fulfill their duties as a coach. I guess that'd be just some of the difficulties of, of arranging that and coordinating that. Has has to be a lot of flexibility. I mean, we have some programs that don't start practice till five and five thirty in the evening because they're not just the head coach, but the coaching staffs all are full time uh, have full time careers at another location. So we're at the mercy of their time as well, and so we're trying to juggle that. And uh, so yeah, it makes it it makes it a lot more difficult. A lot more, we have to be a lot more flexible and, and work with with a lot of different schedules. Mike Hanson, Ridgeline Athletic Director, joining us here, former great Logan baseball coach. Uh, I want to ask you, you said that a couple of community members were a part of this uh, interview process in, in, in deciding to uh, hire Travis Cox. What, what, what was the basis of um, how to choose those community members to be a part of the process? Well, we looked at a, a, a quite a list of, of community members and and we get that list by obviously within ourselves. Um, we know contacts. We we ask other community members who you think could be a, a good fit, who would be very unbiased, you know, to be in this process. Um, we were mindful of, you know, we we had several candidates that we thought of, but then we ended up not having them or changing that because of because of maybe certain um, issues that they may have uh, in knowing or just things that we thought might muddy the waters a little and we didn't we were very careful of that uh i also want to ask you it's the first time we actually had a chance to talk to you since you've moved to ridgeline what brought you to ridgeline what what got you away from a place that you called home for so long to take you to ridgeline high school to be athletic director yeah tough decision um not only you know spent the last 12 years there Excuse me, but I, I'm a Logan High graduate, so I have a lot of a lot of uh, love, admiration, and, and memories at Logan High. But you know, I think the biggest thing was where I'm at uh, in my life, and, and and what I felt like me and my wife needed going forward. And uh, we felt like this was a, was a great fit. As I, you know, I look at maybe five, six more years before um, maybe doing something different. And this this was just a, a very smooth fit for us. And 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 it's been it's been a, a great uh, switch over. You ever have the issue you want to go back to coach baseball? You were so good at it. Was it? I mean, I can't imagine how hard it was to walk away. Do you have the itch to go back at all? I will always have that itch, and uh, you never know. I'm not going to say no on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I, hey. I love to, I love to take care of a baseball field, so maybe it, it'll be just to go and rake the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> you go be the field guy. Yeah. Uh, it, the uh, uh, I, I know that uh, we, we came out of the fall sports season. We're coming into the winter sports season. Um, it, Ridgeline had some uh, tremendous uh, accomplishments recently with uh, individuals and with some teams uh, over this last uh, little bit. I mean, that, as an athletic director, you help oversee all that and help make some of those things happen. This has got to be extremely gratifying when you see individual athletes achieve at the highest level uh, state championships or uh, in in the running for some of these other things um, in the region competitive in various different sports um, that that's I mean how has that been like for you as an athletic director seeing some of that culminate and happen under your watch oh I, I absolutely that's the highlight of my job is is working with the variety of, of coaches the different philosophies and uh, the different athletes that I get to um, 
And, you know, I just try not to get in their way. Um, when I became an athletic director, I, I said one thing to all the coaches I worked for, uh, worked for, and that's what I told them. I said, I work for you. And I said, I will do anything. I'll, 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 I'll clean the field. I'll pick up garbage. I'll, I'll do whatever. I just want you to go out and coach and coach these athletes and enjoy the experience. But, and I've had so much fun enjoying the different, uh, different teams and the different coaches and you know to watch the successes yeah the successes are great i mean the region championships you know we we're fortunate to have had some of those here this fall i mean we we saw a four-time state champion you know i was only part of for one season uh in in niatilla to tennis and it's just uh just really cool to see the the hard work payoff that these athletes and these coaches are putting in it's also, it doesn't have to be a championship. I've equally enjoyed any of the programs that uh, people don't understand how hard it is to win a championship. Uh, it's a difficult thing. And so uh, we we celebrate all the successes, uh, whether it's a, a trophy or, or uh, you know, just getting through the, the destination, the journey that uh, playing is. Uh, Coach, with the RPI system being the way it is right now in athletics, what is your thoughts on that as the athletic director? Do you feel like it's working? Do you want to see changes? And if so, what changes would you like to see? Well, I think there will be some adjustments. Uh, I don't know if they'll be very major. You know, I had the opportunity to set with the six uh, uh, schools and their football programs as they did all region selections, and it was interesting to listen to them as coaches, as head coaches, discuss what they felt after year one was the pros and cons to it. Uh, they they have some of their own suggestions and, and ideas. Um, it seemed to be everybody's really kind of hasn't quite got a grasp on the fact that is scheduling that harder team um, worth it, even though it's a loss, or is that win still very valuable? And and I, I remember several coaches saying they still felt that that win outweighed playing the harder team and maybe having the loss. And but those are things that still be discovered. And so we're we're just kind of getting our feet wet uh, wet with it. The playoffs are a big discussion. You know, I, I've already discussed with with Travis with Coach Cox that you know that tenth week game, which is UEA weekend. Does he want to play it or does he not want to play it? And, you know, if you don't play that game and potentially have a bye, you've you got three full weeks that you don't play. Mm. And so the playoffs format is the one big discussion that's happening throughout the state is maybe how can we change that and tweak that. So three weeks a long time. Are you worried about how it could affect baseball? You've been in the game of baseball for so long. Are you worried about how it could affect high school baseball? Oh, I, I think I think every sport has some legitimate concerns, and that's why we really need to get through this first year so we can kind of evaluate it. I don't think any of us can very uh, fair be very fair to the system if we're evaluating it before it happens. We may have some building concerns before it happens, but it'll be interesting to just um, see how it happens. You know, uh, as each season ends. Uh, again, Mike Hansen, the athletic director at Ridgeline High School. Again, the big announcement today, Travis Cox, named as the new football coach for Ridgeline. And I just, just to circle back on that, just to kind of finish things up for us here, you, you talked about a vision that he had for the team. Is that something that you could share uh, with us and what you know, what his experience or what his thought process is to, where to take this, this uh, Ridgeline football team in the future? 
You know, I, I think he's just going to bring a tremendous work ethic. Um, he shared some um, some slides today with the team, and, and we had several parents in there as well. And, and you know, he complimented the kids very much on the, the ingredients they already have, kind of the physical ingredients. We feel like there's, there's a lot of talent here. Um, where he was really addressing the fact was making this kind of an obsession, making this uh, maybe a little more important, making the the weight room uh, much more important than maybe it has been. And, and so kind of a challenge uh, for these young men to, you know, take this to a, a new level as far as their, their effort, their energy. Um, and I think he'll bring that. That's what, that's what we were attracted to as we felt. Yeah, I mean, he came in with just a plan and, and, you know, I learned that from coach Brown at Logan the word plan and how important that plan is and having a plan and not just, you know, waking up in the morning and deciding, Hey, what do we do? And, and, uh, and that's what we, one of the things that I look for personally is in any program is what, what's that plan that the coach had. And, and he, he has that of, of how he's going to, you know, make these uh, young men successful on the football field and, and make the program. And so we're all ready. We're ready to go and, and, and get after it. Final question: What was the advice? You've been a longtime head coach. What was the advice, if you could share, uh, to Travis as he starts his coaching head coaching career in Ridgeline? You know, I'd enjoy the process. Um, I one of the things I'm so grateful for that coach was so many good coaches and so many great people, and Coach Stott, who you know uh, very well. Absolutely, I think he he spoke up very uh, a lot to the young man was. This is a process, you know. Don't don't think it's going to happen tomorrow. Um, enjoy the process and enjoy every day of it. And 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 that would be my, you know, my biggest uh, advice to coach and to any coach was, you know, don't don't try to not make the highs too high, the lows too low, and and enjoy every day of it because uh, it is it is a, a great thing. I, I'm fortunate, 33 years in, in high school athletics and. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't trade it for anything. Hey, Coach, can't tell you enough. Thank you so much for your time. I know I called you earlier in today, and you were so kind about it. And greatly appreciate you, and wish you nothing but the uh, the very very best. You're a very well respected man around this valley, and for good reason. So uh, keep up the great work. Hey, thanks uh, both of you. I appreciate it, and uh, I'll keep listening. We appreciate it. Okay. Hey, thanks, thanks coach. coach. All right. See you later. That's Coach Mike Hanson. Uh, we call him coach. Just, I mean, dude, I, I I competed against that guy, and I watched him, and he is just a fiery, competitive dude. But my gosh, he's the kindest human being outside of the dugout. He he's so always really, really nice to me, and, and super uh, friendly. And uh, I'm happy for him to be at Ridgeline. You know, really interesting phone call uh, to, to you know say, hey, where what led to the let you know. The release of Travis Van Leeuwen, and he obviously, for personal reasons and for good reasons, uh, didn't want to get into detail. And then you hear him talk about later on that, you know, we want someone who's going to, you know, be passionate about the game of football with these kids. You know, in the film room, in the weight room, on the field. So it, it just kind of brings up that bigger question of, I'm not sure why Van Leeuwen only got one year and then was gone. Yeah, that, it, well, That's really the question that stands out in my mind. Yeah, and... It's not for us to speculate. No, no, no. I love it. I'm sure there's people who know, uh, but but for Travis Cox, I mean, here's a guy who had tremendous success at Mountain Crest, 
son of a coach who was a great coach oh, around Dan here Cox, for many, legendary. many years. Yeah, uh, he had a you know a career at Utah State. Uh, was a good quarterback in some years where you know, the McDenny era, which had its own ups and downs. Um, but um, he, he had opportunities to go other places, but decided to choose Utah State and stay close to home. Hey, let me ask you something, Eric. Do you feel like the pressure, a ton of pressure? I mean, Graydon Bucknell is a great coach. He was let go by Ridgeline. Um, Alex Hansen stepped away unexpectedly from Ridgeline as a baseball coach. Excuse me. And then, you know, Travis Van Lumen's let go after one year. Is there pressure on Travis Cox to be successful in his first year or else pressure is going to be jumping down? So I talked to somebody uh, very extremely recently, and they said it almost feels like there's pressure on the basketball team now because they have kids who are playing with, you know, on this team that their assistant coaches are the fathers, and that presents a problem to a lot of parents. Do you feel like that is an issue in and around the Valley? Look, AJ, that that is a reality of high school athletics wherever you go. Is it though? Yes. We didn't have look. We didn't have a green can. We didn't have one parent on the staff of a kid who was playing on the team, and and yet we were still getting complaints because player A wasn't getting more reps than player B, even though player A wasn't as near as good as player B was. I mean, and, and that's the crazy thing is is now. The, is the team really coached by the parents and not the coaches? Is is that the well, reality there, where we live in? Well, there certainly is a problem with parent influence in athletics, generally speaking. I think that is a problem. and It's not unique to Cache Valley, Northern Utah, Southern Idaho. Um, I, but I don't think it's it, – I thought it was interesting to hear him say there's only a very small number of coaches who are teachers in the classroom in the high school every day. Um, and that's just where it's become, um, and that's uh, that, that's just the reality that we're we're in these days. And it's but but and it, and I know it's an unfair life, as we like to say, but it's it really is unfair that the parents rule the field or the court instead of the coaches. The coaches can't make a decision without a parent looking over their shoulder, who has a major influence on a decision. And I'm not saying that's the case with Travis Van Leeuwen because, again, we don't know what happened. And we're, and we're not here to speculate on what happened. But for a guy who got one year in there and then was let go for whatever reason, um, and, I mean, I was part of a team that was let go 14 games into the season, um, it, it can be frustrating. I mean, you just you kind of wonder, like, what do I have to do to be able to earn the parents' respect? Like, if I don't play every kid – in seven innings of baseball, all 26 of them, I'm going to have a parent going to the vice principal saying, get him out of here. And I know it's a conversation that's uncomfortable for a lot of people to be hearing right now, but that is the reality in high school athletics. I think you hit it head on the nail, Eric. That is the way it goes, that if a kid's parent is unhappy, you can expect a bunch of complaints to the principal because their kid or someone else's kid or a group of kids aren't playing because the assistant coach's kid's are getting more time, more minutes, more innings, more more reps on the field, whatever the situation is. Look, th- there have always been politics in athletics. There will always be politics in athletics. The best you can do is try to mitigate it and be as fair as you can and let the product on the field or on the court speak for itself. That's I totally agree. But the problem is, is that will never happen because parents will never let that happen. Their kid who played 
second base in five-year-old T-ball is the best player in the state of Utah. You know, oh, best player in the Believe cast. me. Yeah, I, yes, yeah. I hear that and I know that. Absolutely. And I heard it too. I mean, I, I, I love my baseball freshman kids. I, and I often wonder why anybody would want to be a coach, be subject themselves to <laughs> what they hear behind them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I heard so many things. But then, like, for example, like at Green Canyon, I, and I hate that, but now that I'm on a radio show, I can say it now because I don't coach there anymore. I had kids on my baseball team who should have never put on a uniform. Ever. Not once. That shit, and never put on a on a on a uniform and a glove and went out into a high school baseball game and competed. To be flat out honest with you, but yet their parents would come to me after a couple of them did and say, "Hey, why is my kid playing?" And I said, "Did you not just see him like throw the ball into the ground from left field and turn a single into a double? You know, um, and or just simple basic knowledge of the game or simple basic plays, and and they couldn't they couldn't." complete that or they couldn't accomplish that you know mentally and physically they were just slow in the game and uh but then again you'd hear complaints from parents all the time or you'd hear it behind your back or you hear it from the principal like i got pulled into the principal's office hey why isn't so-and-so playing because he sucks (laughs) like i mean and and, i mean i didn't say that but i just said look i have i have talent on this field that i feel like is going to help our team not hurt our team and again it's it's just sad that the parents Make the decisions now. And it was actually kind of surprising. And I know it's to their, to their discretion, and he described why, but that a couple of community members were a part of the interview process. I've never heard of that before. You know, Steve Hansen, Mountain Crest baseball coach, now uh, someone who I, like Mike, I really look up to, gives the exact same speech every year before the season. He says, if your mom and dad comes and complains to me about you not playing, you're not going to play. In fact, you might as well not show up because I'm going to play the best players are going to give me a chance to win. And if you aren't going to be, and if you can't accomplish what I need from you to be able to go out and help us win, compete for a championship, I can't have you out there. And he gave the exact same speech every year, and it was a great speech, and it was just simply, I'm not going to do mommy and daddy ball. If I hear from your parents, you're going to know about it, and it's not going to be fun. And it was a great, great speech. I love it. It's great. And and I think that's the way More it should be. More people need things. to hear that. Yep. Well, thanks to Mike, um, Coach, who I just, again, I admire so much. I was like, I thought he handled that really, really well. Yeah. Well, I understand Travis Cox has been involved with the freshman football team. Yeah, they went undefeated. They didn't lose a game. Uh, uh, they didn't lose a, a lot game. of success there. I mean, he's the son of a coach. Certainly knows the game. Caden's his uh, quarter. In fact, Caden, his quarter- son, is, is now the, the quarterback. quarterback right, as point, a sophomore. So. Yep. So th- there's... Potential there, yeah. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be tough. It's a tough region, as we have clearly seen. Um, but we'll see what happens in the next chapter for Ridgeline football with Travis Cox as the new head coach. All right, uh, more to discuss coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Things like, why do the Jazz stink so bad? Oh, yeah. News coming out of the Mountain West Conference for football. Players suspended, coaches gone, coaches being bought out and some interesting names being floated out there as possible replacements. Plus, we'll share with you our stat that blew our mind and our player of the week. It's all ahead on the Full Court Press. 
Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL, it's the end of an era as the Oakland Raiders play host to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hi, this is Tim Cates. Join Brent Musburger, Lincoln Kennedy, and Chris Townsend for all the action. It's the final regular season game from the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. Can the Raiders go out on a winning note or Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars play spoilers in Oakland? It's the Raiders and Jaguars. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday afternoon at 145 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Imagine a blanket that could give you the same benefits as a full body hug. A blanket that will help you relax and sleep better. I'm Jason from Utah Mattress Outlet, and we sell a weighted blanket that does just that. The true blanket. If you have effects of anxiety, depression, sleep disorders, hormonal imbalances, PTSD, autism, or if you're just plain stressed out, this blanket, the true blanket, is highly recommended by medical professionals. Come in the store and let us show you this amazing blanket. The true blanket is here at Utah Mattress Outlet, 880 South Main Street. Take a moment and think about where you are. Now, let's dream about where you'd rather be. A Disney Cruise Line vacation, perhaps? Let us help. We'll add some ocean waves. Now, the kids are playing at their own clubs. You're enjoying a romantic dinner. And tonight, gather for fireworks over the ocean. More fireworks. When you're dreaming of the perfect vacation for the whole family, the difference is Disney. Booking a Disney cruise is easy. Call Columbus Travel, 800-373-3328. Cares for Christmas is an organization that helps families in need of a Christmas. In family number one, there is a single mother that has been dealing with a lot of medical issues through the past several years. She has two boys, one 19 and the other 15. It has been very hard for them. The boys would like some new shirts and sports clothing. The boys and their mom would also like some gift cards to local businesses. For more information, please go to caresforchristmas.org. That's caresforchristmas.org. And thanks for caring this Christmas. Aggie Apparel is always a great Christmas gift. You'll find a big selection of Aggie items when you shop at Locker 42. Aggie t-shirts, hoodies, and jackets are always popular gifts, including lots of items for junior Aggies. You'll find lots of Aggie logoed items like blankets, water bottles, mugs, basketballs, decals, and more. And check out the hat wall with dozens of Aggie hat choices. It's the store to shop for Aggie fans. Merry Christmas from your friends at Locker 42, 1430 North Main next to Little Caesars and the flagship store at 36 South Main. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on a Tuesday. And again, big thanks to uh, Mike Hansen, who's the athletic director at uh, Ridgeline. The news today that Travis Cox has been named as the new head coach for the Riverhawks. Former Mountain Crest Mustang, former Utah State Aggie quarterback, had success at both levels and has been helping out the uh, the freshman team and has now been elevated to the varsity head coach. Um, a couple other things that are going on. Speaking about coaches. So we know that uh, there's been news for coaches in the Mountain West Conference, that uh, Sanchez was let go at UNLV. Uh, and that news happened before the end of the regular season. Um, not really surprising there. Uh, Bob Davey. The, before the Utah State game, it was announced that he would be stepping down, though the timing of when that was announced 
did not seem to be mutual. Mike Bobo, at the end of the season, stepped down, allegedly, on his own accord. Uh, and he has already found a new job. He's a new offensive coordinator at uh, South Carolina. But there's news today that Bob Davey is going to get a buyout and he's going to receive $825,000 over the next 30 months. So do the math. Next 30 months, eight twenty-five. How much is he making a month? <clears throat> Ajay, there's a reason I got into broadcasting and not math. Well, there's a reason why I failed math and had to retake it again in college. That's uh, $27,500 every month. Dude, he gets 27000 a month? Hey, I don't know if we can get that, hon. My 27000 is coming until the 30th. Please hold on. Don't buy anything yet. I don't yet. think we can get that uh, nice new car until next month. Oh, my gosh. We'll have to hold on to a few checks. 27000 a month. Wow. How would it be? How would it be, dude? It's like Bobby Benilla and his contract, right? Bobby Benilla has that, like, he gets, like, one point something five million a year or a month. Or No, no. Like, on a certain day for the next, like, 30 years because Florida's stupid. But, yeah. yeah. Good for him. So, here's what we're doing I'm this all miss wrong, AJ. We have to, like, become great salespeople to convince somebody to give us something. Yeah. And then we know we don't do good at it, and we're eventually we'll... We'll suck, and we won't do very good, and they'll have to let us go. But we'll say, look, we have a contract. You have to, uh, you still have to pay it. So you don't have to really have to do too much. And then they say, okay, we have to let you go. But you have so, to honor the contract. You still have to pay me for the you next know what's crazy is I was 30 talk- months. I was talking to an SID when we were in New Mexico, you know, asking him about the whole Bob Davis situation. He said, I'm actually going to miss him. He said he was extremely nice to everybody there. He seems like he is a nice guy. But he just, like, and, but then he also said, you could just tell, like, this season, he had just lost it. Like, he just, and his well, there have been problems there the last few years. Yeah, and then you could just tell he wasn't into it. Like, his just desire to be there and desire to be on the sideline was just, it was slowly going away. And so, and he thinks he'll get back into broadcasting, though. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I think he'd be good. Uh, he, he's he good was, knowledge. He went 2-10 and 10 this year. Uh, 35 and 64 in his eight seasons at New Mexico. Got him to bowl games. Got them uh, some uh, winning seasons uh, again, but it didn't last. And uh, anyway, there was a uh, a two-hour executive session uh, on Tuesday when they finally hashed it out and what they would do and how they would uh, cover Bob Davies, what he still owed on his contract. So, they said that the the money for the buyout will come from future game guarantees. So, they're going to have to go out and play a big Power 5 conference school yep. somewhere just so they can pay off Bob Davey. Yep. Yep. You know, just take your lickings from Michigan, Michigan State, um, you know, just whoever is, uh, um, yeah, whoever's a big football payday. Now, the other thing that's out there is that, okay, who could replace him? Who could replace Coach Sanchez at UNLV? Who would replace Coach Bobo at Colorado State? An interesting name is being floated that um, LSU's defensive coordinator, Dave Aranda, is being mentioned as a potential candidate at Colorado State, also in the mix at UNLV. 
Dave Aranda uh, was the defensive coordinator at Utah State for a time under Gary Anderson. Um, he, for a while there, was the highest paid assistant. I believe he still is the highest paid assistant in the country. He earns more as an assistant than a lot of head coaches. It would be a significant pay cut if he went to UNLV. Oh, yeah. But Colorado it's State has more to offer. But it, but it's Las Vegas, baby. It's Vegas, and you're going to a new fancy stadium. Yeah, they are. That, and by the and way, they just I, recently made some investments in their own facilities. That stadium is legit. It is beautiful. Um, hey, you're just speaking about payouts, right? For Bob Davis, I was just looking at their schedule out of curiosity. Mississippi State and USC both on the road next year. Uh, Texas A and M in 21, LSU in 22, A and M again in 23. So that should cover it. New Mexico uh, is in some real hurt uh, with their athletics. They don't oh, yeah. have a president that really backs uh, athletics. They've had a lot of turnover with their AD uh, that's had problems, like l- legit illegal stuff uh, from the previous guy. And this, this current one it seems to have a hard time. He and Bob Davey didn't see eye to eye. Uh, Bob Davey thought the announcement would come after the Utah State game. Then the AD leaks it to the media <laughs> the Monday morning of the week of. So there's a lot of weird stuff going on. There's There's been discussion that uh, Bob Davey talked about how it's it was hard for him to keep assistance because there's bad crime and low pay in, uh, in Albuquerque. And there's been legit discussions that they might want to go down a classification. So that that's... Hard to attract a lot of great talent to come be your next head coach if there's that kind of uncertainty surrounding you. Sure. Sure. And, and by the way, Jay Hill, I think is a – I still think he there's a chance he could go to Colorado State. I don't know. For some reason, I kind of sit on that notion. He'd be a great fit there. He really would. Be able to build a Power 5 program who's sort of starting from scratch – uh, I, I, I don't know. Just the area, being Colorado State, yeah, fit him nice. Uh, apparently for UNLV, they have spoken to Oregon's offensive coordinator, Marcus Arroyo, and they've spoken to Matt Canada. Oh, really? So, uh, now Bruce Feldman, just, <laughs> just now, says that uh, Dave Aranda has emerged as the focus of the UNLV head coaching search. A deal could be sorted out as early as within the next 24 hours. That, honestly, Audrey, that shocks me. Yeah. Well, this world is full of surprises. I get it that Dave Aranda wants to be a head coach. Can't fault him for that. But UNLV? I don't know. Interesting. Uh, so there's going to be more coaches uh, that'll be named here uh, within the next little bit. You know, it's interesting how Butch Jones is being floated as a potential at Colorado State. Um, it's been kind of quiet actually with New Mexico to see uh, who uh, the different people are being floated there for potential candidates to replace Bob Davey. Mm-hmm. Um, who would want to go to New Mexico though? It's got to be a lower division one. I mean. Del- Division one school, division two. Why would you want to go there? 
Well, you know what? If you're an assistant somewhere and you're still looking for your first chance, okay. you'll take that. You'll take Get that. Get a start there in the Mountain West. Yeah. Okay. Because it, it still has potential to be a respected program. But the way things have been going lately, uh, not so much. Dave Aranda. How about that? Did you ever have meetings with Dave Aranda? No. No, I never met him. So he is um, very calm, collected dude. When we would meet with him with our pregame uh, coordinator meetings, yeah, he was he was on another level intellectually <laughs> than most of the rest of us, and <clears throat> he would start talking and, and doing things, and we we're like, "Oh, hold up, what do you mean by that?" Oh, and then he'd okay. pull up the film and he'd start going through film with us. Okay, so see how this works and see how this guy moves here and how that affects this area over on the other side of the field and how it reacts. And then he'd start to just like break it down for us. Uh, he was a master at using film and showing things in a different way uh, than most people would realize. He was a, and he was a guy that got fired at Hawaii. Hmm. And uh, Gary Anderson saw something in him. Brought him to Utah State and totally revived his career. Mm-hmm. Took him with him to Wisconsin. He stayed on at Wisconsin after Gary left. And uh, they really liked what he was doing there. And then he moved over to LSU to be their D coordinator there, where he's been for several years. And uh, highest paid assistant. Um, it would be interesting to see him as a head coach. Because he's just really kind of a laid back. He's not a big rah-rah, get in your face you better do this or I'm going to explode a vein in my forehead kind of a guy. <laughs> Not to say every head coach needs to be that way because there's great successful coaches who aren't, but uh, it would be interesting to see how he would assemble his staff. You know, <laughs> And how many SEC influences he brings with him. You know, it's interesting when you talked about just that experience with Dave Randa. When we started meeting with David Yost two years ago when I first started helping out with that stuff, um... Yost was sitting down and talking to us, and they someone asked him, you know, one of our guys asked him a question, and he went off in this terminology that I couldn't even repeat because I never even understood. Like it was so over my head, and I just remember my jaw just dropped. I like, and I and he kind of looked at me and laughed, and I had said, "I'm sorry, uh, that just flew over my head, and I have no idea what it meant." And he just said, "Okay, translation." We're going to score a lot of points. And they scored like 52. And so, uh, anyways, yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. But he didn't, he didn't show us on film anything that he was talking about. But it, just the way it just came off his tongue and how quick it was. And it was just so natural for him. I was like, what the fetch does that mean, man? Call. <laughs> it was incredible. I hope Dave Veranda could get the job. I'd, I'd be surprised. It would be a significant pay cut. He'd be earning less than half. He'd be learning about a, earning about a quarter of what he is currently earning uh, to uh, to take that job. But he is the head coach, and he gets to call his shots how he wants them called. <clears throat> um, so, and he's somewhat familiar with the territory where he was yeah. kind of in the area before. Sure. So, uh, anyway, as uh, that happens for the next twenty four hours, we'll be, we'll talk about it. Uh, coming up next here in the full court press. Let's get into our stat and player. Stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. Mm -hmm. Coming up next hour, we'll hear more about uh, from Craig Smith. Utah State basketball has a game tonight. Hear what he has to say about his team, current state of uh, 
his his players. And what do we know about St. Catherine? Does it really matter? Hey, Will tonight be about St. Catherine at I'll all? I'll tell you this. There's two players you have to know about for St. Catherine. Two players. For very unique reasons. Okay. We'll find out next hour and a little bit more coming up on the Full Court Press. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. We have Christmas specials now for a limited time on select Whirlpool, Maytag, and KitchenAid appliances. Save hundreds on kitchen packages and laundry sets with Maytag and Whirlpool appliances at Daryl's. Now is the time to buy. Plus, we have 12 months no interest financing and you get the Daryl's difference with our amazing service. Christmas specials now for a limited time at Daryl's Appliance. West on Airport Road. Open until 6 p.m. on weekdays and 5 p.m. Saturdays. Downtown Benson. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and Hearing Aid Center reminds you that now's the time to utilize your remaining flex spending and cafeteria funds. With two locations, North Logan and Providence, call 753-7880 to make your appointment today. If you suffer spring and summer allergies, winter is the best time to test and prepare for the next season. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Google Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat or call 753-7880 for details. Cares for Christmas is an organization that helps families in need of a Christmas. In family number three, there is a family of five that has suffered an unexpected loss. A single mother is struggling to take care of her five kids and has had to deal with a lot of financial burdens lately. The family would enjoy gift cards for family activities and grocery stores. For more information, please go to caresforchristmas.org. That's caresforchristmas.org. And thanks for caring this Christmas. Jay Broadbent here with Alpine Home Medical. The seasons are changing and the cooler air is rolling in. From now until the end of the year, let us help you stay warm with a free Minky Couture blanket when you purchase any lift chair from one of our nine locations. Our lift chairs will get you from sitting to safely standing with the push of a button. If you or a loved one is in need of some serious comfort, we have the solution. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. On Tuesdays, we share the stat that blew our minds and a player of the week. Ajay, let's start with the stat that blew our minds. Okay, I'll start. Eagles' victory last night over the Giants was the seventh straight win on a Monday night versus those same Giants, dating back to 1980. That is the longest winning streak by any team versus another in Monday Night Football history, according to the Sports Bureau. Wow. Really? Sucks to be you, New York. <laughs> so, New York, Giants, Philadelphia Eagles, Monday night. Seven straight, dude. Pretty much guarantee who's going to win. Since 1980, you haven't been able to beat them on Monday night? That's crazy. The heck? Giants have had some good years in that span. Yeah. Um, my, I actually have two that are related. And it is about the Heisman Trophy. Ohio State is the seventh school to have multiple players invited to New York for the Heisman ceremony in the same year. So that's not necessarily unique. 
However, the Buckeyes are the first program to have both an offensive and defensive player. Now, Justin Fields at quarterback and Chase Young as defensive end linebacker. But in addition to that, since finalists were invited to New York in 1981, Oklahoma is the first school to have a quarterback invited four straight years. The Sooners are also first to have different quarterbacks invited in three straight years. Mayfield in both 16 and 17, Murray in 18, and Jalen Hurts this year. And you know what uh, Mayfield and Murray have in common? They suck in the NFL. So good luck, Hurts. They also won the Heisman Trophy. They still suck in the NFL. <laughs> All right, who's your player of the week? C.J. Friedel, Oregon over Utah, 37-15. C.J. Friedel, 18 carries, Eric. 208 yards and three touchdowns. Yummy, as I like to say. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yours? Uh, mine is a little bit different. I, I'm actually... Th- I want to uh, name Steven Strasburg as my player of the week. Uh, baseball ended in October. He did nothing on the field of play, but <laughs> he did something with a pen that is monumental. He signed a seven-year, $245 million deal with the Nationals. That is the largest deal signed by a pitcher. All right. And it's a fifth of at least $200 million. So if a guy's getting paid $245 million over seven years, how much is he making a month? Yeah, what's his payout as compared to Bob Davey? <laughs> Don't do that to Bob. Okay, Bob didn't deserve that. Um, what, but 245, seven years. And he's making like, he's got to be making like 60 million a year. No. 30? Uh, he makes no. almost $3 million a month. $2.9 million Good a gosh, month. gosh, dude. Oh, my. Honey, I'm going to go ahead and just buy the new couches and new cars today. That's great. Paycheck comes in tomorrow. Make sure it's uh, delayed till then. $2.9 million oh my a heck. month. We now, are in the wrong business, Eric. Uh, the Garrett Cole is obviously looking at this with big eyes. He's licking his chops. Oh, yeah. And the Yankees are prepared to break that, aren't they? Yeah, there's reports out that the Yankees' offer to Garrett Cole would surpass what Steven Strasburg just oh signed heck. with the Nationals. Good night. Guys getting paid. Hey, by the way, I was just looking at this. I don't know if this is anything of record or stat. But of the Power 5 championship games on Saturday, one, two, three, four. Yeah, all four teams. We'll see. Make sure I have this right. Big 10, Pac-12, SEC, ACC, and Big 12. All the winners scored plus 30 or plus points. Oklahoma had 30, Clemson 62, LSU 37, Ohio State 34, and Oregon 37. Holy crap. That's just amazing. 30-plus points for every single one of those weeks. For all the winners. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, by the way, uh, Kyle Whittingham, coach mm-hmm. of the year, mm-hmm. back 12. Yeah, see Mountain West actually got it right over there. Too bad you couldn't. Nick Rolovich is not your coach of the year. 
Who would be? Brian Harson's never won it, man. I guess. And he just won it back. I mean, he won it again, not he, back to back. That is shocking that he has never won it. And he didn't win it this year. And they won the Mount West Championship. And how many quarterbacks did he go through to get there? Yeah. What do you want him to do? Mount West in voting just sucks. All right, we'll talk about Utah State basketball coming up next hour. Stick around. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Well, it looked like Eli Manning and the Giants were going to end the Eagles' season last night. The G-Men were up 17-3 at halftime, but then Carson Wentz led the Birds back, and they won in overtime. So now they're tied with the Cowboys, both with 6-7 and seven records, top the NFC East. And you could argue Philly and Dallas are two of the more disappointing teams in the league. Normally, we could discount a division winner who's struggling to reach 500. But we are talking about the Eagles. They won the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback just two seasons ago. They limped into the playoffs last year and beat the Bears and gave the Saints everything they could handle. Because of the seeding system, a very good team is going to have to travel to the NFC East winner for the first round. The Eagles or the Cowboys probably aren't making any of the contenders too nervous, at least not right now. But recent NFL history has shown us to completely dismiss them would be a costly mistake. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.